We're, um, before I just kind of open up what we're looking at today in our series looking through the, the book of John, just a, another quick notice. Um, as you know, every uh, school holidays, we're involved with, um, along with other churches across the town, doing what we call food in the school holidays or fish. So we help uh, to provide a hot meal or a, a, a lunch for people who predominantly have got children who are on free school meals, but it is open to anyone. Um, and we sort of serve around 250 people during the school holidays uh, where people can come along, sign in, get some food, and also have a bit of contact and uh, a bit of uh, craft for the kids and a bit of activities together. It's a bit of a drop in the ocean. Um, across Lowestoft, there's three th- over 3,800 children on free school meals. Uh, it's almost double the national average of, of children on preschool meals. So we have a massive child food poverty issue in our town. Um, but for all of those 250 people, it makes a big difference and it makes a massive difference to their week. Um, Laura is, uh, coordinates that for us and uh, across the town. We're working with other churches across the town, which is a real pleasure. And I know loads of you are involved in different ways. Obviously, we've got the Easter holidays coming up um, and Laura is on the lookout for more volunteers uh, to come along to help to serve you don't have to be able to be a chef. You might be able to wash up. You might be able to just sit and talk with people. There's loads of different ways that you can volunteer and get involved. So I just really want to encourage you, if you've never been involved before, then actually this is maybe something you can get involved with this holiday. It's a way to actually help and to make a difference to some people's lives. If you've helped before but haven't done for ages, then this is your opportunity to reignite your, your um, serving and get involved again. Um, and if you've got no idea, you don't want to get involved, but you'd love to support it, then I know there's ways you can pray or give or just support in terms of encouragement. So please speak to Laura ASAP. She is waiting, uh, not right now because she's about to listen to me speak, but she's waiting uh, for your moment uh, to be able to uh, contact her and to be able to give her your, I'm up for this, Laura, how can I get involved message. Okay. So this morning we're looking, um, going through John, and we're looking at the subject of light. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but on a, when I get home from work at, at five o'clock, um, I, I, I like a bit of the chase. Does anyone like that? Anyone a bit of a secret chase fan? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Do you know I mean, I'm, I know that I would win a fortune uh, if I had the time to obviously go on it. Um, but I thought we'd just start this morning. Grace has prepared a couple of questions for us. Uh, just to kind of get you in the mood, some light kind of questions, okay? All about the subject of light. So let's have the first question up on our quiz, okay? So the first question is, how close do you think the nearest star is from Earth? Okay? I'm not the chaser, by the way. You're ready on your keypad to paste in there. So do you think that the, the closest star to Earth is 2.753 light years away, 4.246 light years away, or 200... Point four five nine thousand light years away. Okay, A, put your hands up. Okay, yeah, not too bad. B, hands up. Oh, a little bit more, yeah. And C. Oh, that's probably the most. Well, well done, those who are on B. You are the correct answer, yeah. You can all be very proud of yourself with your great knowledge. That wasn't a guess, I'm sure. Okay, second question. How many, this is slightly less technical, how many twinkles are there in the full extended version of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star? Okay, is it A, 7, B, 9, C, 13? Stop singing it to yourself in your head. Twinkle, twinkle, twinkle. Okay, who thinks A, 7? Okay, yeah. Who thinks B, 9? Oh, yeah. And who thinks C, 13 twinkles? Hmm. 
Well, if you're a seven twinkler, then you were correct. Well done. I'm disappointed, Cherie. You're a music teacher. How many times have you done twinkle, twinkle, little sign? You thought nine. Not good. Okay, and how about our third question? How many stars can you see with the naked eye? Okay. I'm not talking about it right now, but if you were able to see. So is it A, 9,096? Is it B, 4,153? Or is it C, 105,789? I presume that you've got to be in the right place and no clouds. <laughs> it could be zero sometimes. Okay, so who thinks A? Just a few, just a few. How about B? Growing number. And C? Very optimistic. You've got very good eyesight, David, I think. Yeah. So actually, (laughs) you don't know. Do you think everyone else knows? We're all guessing, David. Okay, so it's A, isn't it? 9,096. Well done. Did anyone get three out of three? Yeah, well done, Lisa. Not surprised. And well done, Sarah. Brilliant. Okay, good knowledge. We look forward to seeing you on the chase sometime in the future. But light is amazing, isn't it? I mean, we talked about there about the light. From the, when you hear some of these facts and stories and see and when the light years thing about when a star goes, you're still seeing it hundreds of years before you. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal, isn't it, light? And today's all about the light that Jesus brings, the spiritual light that Jesus brings into our life and why actually we need more and more of his light in our life. So if you've got a Bible, uh, you'd like to turn to John chapter 12. If you haven't got a Bible or you've got it, then it's going to come up on the screen for you, just to make it easy. So John 12, uh, verses 44 through to 50. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say, as the Father has told me. What we're going to focus on today is verse 46, where it says, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. So what's Jesus talking about here? What's this kind of main point of this little bit of dialogue that he has? Well, What happens when you switch on a light? It's obvious, isn't it? You're in the darkness, you switch on the light, and everything suddenly becomes clearer, doesn't it? When you're walking around in the darkness, you don't know what's happening, what could be there, and then when you put the light on, it all becomes clear. How many of you have been in a situation where you're walking around in the dark and you get a sudden surprise because there's something there that you didn't expect? Yeah? Many times. Yes, Benjamin, very true. We had an incident in our house fairly recently where, um, for the sake of anonymity, I won't use names, uh, but uh, when one, one of the, my children, who is about 16, uh, was going to bed later than everyone else, um, was walking across the landing, and then uh, the youngest member of our family had got up in the night to go to the toilet, um, was standing in their doorway, and as the uh, 16-year-old walked past the 12-year-old, who didn't, really didn't realise that she was there in the dark, she said, whispered something, 
and a high-pitched scream emitted from the 16-year-old, which woke all of us up and uh, made us laugh for a long time. You get surprises in the dark, don't you? You put the light on, it all becomes clear. Like I said, anonymous, hypothetical talk story there. So the point of what Jesus is saying here is that when he comes, when he brings his truth into our lives, it switches the light on. Something happens in our life when everything becomes clear. Not that we understand everything, not that suddenly life all makes kind of like clear. We know what happens. Most of the time, we're still unclear how it all goes together. But suddenly life makes sense because of Jesus, doesn't it? We suddenly can see that actually I don't necessarily understand it all, but I know he does, and it makes sense in him, that there's a beginning, there's an end, that life, we were created, that the world was created, that one day it will come to an end, but then there'll be a new heavens and a new earth. And suddenly in our lives, we don't understand it all, but it becomes clear because Jesus brings the light. He brings the light into our life. And even when we're going through situations and then we look back and we can see God's hand, it makes sense in him, doesn't it? In the time we're walking through darkness, but when we look, we can see actually the light of Jesus makes things clear. We can see how his hand is upon everything and how actually he's bringing everything to a conclusion that actually even in verse 50 where he's talking there, he says about his commandment is eternal life. That's kind of the the ultimate light that Jesus brings into our life is a a recognition that life isn't just about what happens here and now, but actually it's about eternity, isn't it? Which is, this is going to be a small speck in time compared to eternity. And that actually, really what life is all about is where you can, what happens to you when you die? Who are you going to spend eternity with? Whose presence and whose company? And are you going to be before God and with God forever in the new heavens and the new earth? That's really the light that he brings into our life because mankind is born into the darkness that's what the bible tells us stumbling around in sin and in disobedience before god and jesus come to switch the light when he came he came to switch the light on in the world that faith in jesus when we put our faith in jesus we not only get forgiveness for our sin we get the ability now to obey god where we didn't before but we also receive the gift of eternal life And that's switching the light on if there ever was a light that needed switching on, isn't it? Suddenly we understand what life is all about. It's about putting our faith in Jesus and everything coming clear in the light of who he is. And that's what we would call in in, in the church, in the Bible. We talk about that being the gospel. We talk about that the gospel really just means the good news. It's the good news of Jesus that actually suddenly everything makes sense. We can now reconnect with God. We can have a relationship with God again. We can have forgiveness for our sin. And we can now receive the gift of eternal life. That's what the Bible, where Jesus talked about the gospel, talked about the good news. That is the good news. That actually suddenly the light can go on, that we can come out of the darkness of sin, and we can enter into the light of the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus is talking about here, about turning on the light in our lives. Now, let me introduce you to a friend of mine. Desperate times, okay? I appreciate, you know, if this is a friend of mine. Uh, let's, call, let's call this this person Chris the Christian, okay? And then it can be Christine or Christopher, whoever you wish it to be. Okay. So what we have here is our Christian, that when we become a Christian, when we repent, when we put our faith in Jesus, the light goes on in our life. Look at that. No expense spared. Uh, it's going to get better, I can assure you. I appreciate your encouragement, but you, know, you haven't seen it all yet. Okay, when we, the, the light comes on, there's that good news that comes into our life. That's what the Bible says. It's not just 
we've suddenly understood a new philosophy, or we've just read a new book, and that's a really interesting thing. The Bible says there's something supernatural that happens in our life that springs on the light inside of our heart. Okay, that suddenly we see that the Holy Spirit brings this light into our life. And Jesus said that this was actually about uh, being born again. So in John 3, he talks about being born again. And that's what takes place in our life. When we put our faith in Jesus, the light comes on. A spiritual change takes place inside of us. And so therefore, the Christian life really is all about the light of the gospel, the light of the good news of Jesus, the truth of who Jesus really is, being the son of God and being our saviour. It's about the Christian life is about this light shining inside of us, changing every aspect of our heart, of our will, of our emotions, of our minds, and making us more like him. Okay, this light changes us. It shines the light inside the, the darkness inside of our hearts and should go to every aspect of our being spiritually and character and change us. That's what the Christian life is about, the light coming on in the darkness. Okay, I don't know about you, but when you look inside the depth of your heart, even if you're not a Christian here today, you look inside your heart, you see quite a lot of darkness, I'm sure. Even for us as, who are Christians, I still see a lot of darkness in my heart. Our hearts, and the human heart is a dark place, isn't it? You don't have to look far around the world right now, as we've been even praying about and talking about, but you don't have to look far in your town, in your house, in your own heart to see that there's darkness, isn't there? But Jesus comes and shines the light. The truth of Jesus shines the light in our heart. And that's therefore how we the world. That's God's great plan for impacting the world. Because you know that if he wanted to, he could inform the whole world of who he is right now. That's what happened at the end of, end of time. Jesus is going to return. And instead of coming as a baby in a stable in, in kind of obscurity, he's going to come in a way that the whole world will see who he is at the same time. Okay, That's not via TV or something. That's going to mean such glory that the whole world will suddenly realize, wow, Jesus really was the son of God. But when he does that, it's too late. If you haven't repented, then it's going to be too late. So Jesus right now could tell the whole world that he is the saviour, but then it'd be too late for them to repent and to turn to him. So his plan is instead to put his light inside of those who are Christians, and therefore as we become more like him, there's loads of little Christ, millions of little Christs all around the world, showing the world who Jesus is. That's what Christian means. That's what the nickname the early Christians were given, little Christs. Because the light of Christ was shining out of them inside. But this isn't just a, a kind of one-off moment. When you become a Christian, that moment when you've given your life to Jesus, when you've prayed a prayer, or you've just kind of come to the realization that you put your faith in him, and you've repented, and you've followed him. It's not just a kind of, oh, right, the light's on, and that's that. Actually, there's a sense where actually that the light can kind of, it should grow in our lives as we, be, as we go on. As Christians. So if you look in Ephesians 1, for example, there are quite famous verses in Ephesians 1, verses 16 to 18. The Apostle Paul is, is praying for, is writing to the Christians in Ephesus. And he says this He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened so that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. I think what's interesting there is that Paul is writing to Christians and he's saying that I'm praying that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened even more. He's not saying they have been enlightened when you became a Christian and that's it. 
he's saying actually that he's praying that there would be more light that would come into their hearts. That there, it would be a, it's a dynamic thing. It's not just a one-off moment. But actually he's saying, I'm praying that this light gets bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger in your heart. So you would know more of who Jesus is and that would change you as a result. So it's not just a fixed kind of one-off moment. Whilst we would believe as, as, as a church and as a kind of uh, a, a theological kind of point, we would believe that once Jesus turns the light on in our life, that he's not going to turn it off. That would be our conviction from the Bible. The strength of the light does change in our lives. That's what Paul's saying there. He's saying, actually, I'm praying that you would get more light because actually he realizes it's not just a on and off. There's, there's an amount where it can become brighter and it can become dimmer in our lives. This is the next bit. bit. Hold your applause. Okay? It can be brighter or dimmer. Uh, thanks, Malachi. Yeah, I thought it was worthy of a clap. Yeah. Brighter or dimmer. That's what he's saying. He's saying that actually I'm praying that the light in your life would become brighter. The truth of who Jesus is, the gospel of Jesus would start shining brighter and brighter in your heart as a Christian. So I guess that the question for us this morning, based on what Jesus is saying here in this moment where he's talking about how he comes to bring light, into our hearts, is how bright is the light of the gospel shining in our lives right now? That's always awkward, these questions, isn't it? It's much easier to talk about other people. You know, how much is that light shining in the depths of our hearts today, this week, this year? Because it's not a fixed thing. Yes, if you're a Christian here this morning, the light has gone on, praise God. But how bright is it shining in our lives? Because actually... It is a variable thing. That's definitely my experience. I'm sure I'm not the only one here. That actually the light of Jesus, the truth of who Jesus is, shines to different degrees within my heart. But you think, well, how do I know how it's kind of shining? You know, because that's quite a subjective thing. It's like, what does, that, what does that look like in practice? Well, the truth is that it changes us. The light, when it comes into our heart, should change us. It should, should change how we behave. Not because we're behaving better, but because our heart has been changed, and that results in us acting and thinking and being very different. So there's a few ways that I would say that, and there's more, that we can see how the light of God changes how we are. So firstly, I'd say, in terms of for me, or for us, how we love God, we can see how bright it's shining based on how we're loving God. So when the light is dim, I find my relationship with God difficult. It's quite business-like. It's quite dry. You're doing stuff out of obligation, thinking, I know this is the right thing to do. That's not bad, because when it's dry, you're still doing good habits. But there's not a lot of life in it. It's like business-like. And it's, yep, I know you're there, God. That's great. Um, Thanks for sustaining the universe and all that kind of stuff. That's really great. And thanks for loving me. But it's quite dry, quite business-like. When the light is shining dim. That's an evidence to me that the light is dim. When it's bright, it suddenly becomes a delight. Actually, reading the Bible, praying, worshipping, that suddenly becomes a delight to me. Because the truth of who Jesus is is shining brighter in my life. Therefore, I want to do those things. When it's dim, I don't want to, but I do them because I know that it's the right thing to do. When it's shining brighter, I want to do things. I want to pray. I want to read the Bible. Because actually, the truth of who Jesus is is shining bright in my heart. My love for others, when the light's dim... I'm grumpy with people. I might not show it, but inside I'm like, oh, you're really annoying me. Not none of you, but other people. Okay. 
it's like I'm irritable. I'm fed up. I'm kind of thinking, oh, I'm feeling sorry for myself. Thinking, oh, why don't someone just look out for me for a change? When the light, when Jesus's truth isn't shining bright in my life, I turn in myself and I just get grumpy and I just want to stick away from everyone else and just do my own thing. But when the light is shining bright in my heart, I, I can do what the Bible says, where you can bear with one another. You suddenly find you have patience for people. You have a love for people that you start seeing people. And despite the same things that annoyed you a few weeks ago when you, the light was a bit dimmer, suddenly you're like, that's okay. You know, I'm with you. I've got faith. I love you. I can bear with you as the, we're told to in the New Testament. And that's an evidence that the light is shining bright because suddenly we then have a love and a patience for people in a way that isn't there when the light is bright, is dim in our lives. How about our generosity? When, when the Bible talks all the time about us being generous with the material things and the finances that we've been given, when the light is dim, I count the financial cost. I'm like, I know I need to give. I know I need to be generous. But actually, I count the cost. I thought, man, that much? You know, when a need comes up, I think, oh, yeah, I'll give. But I'll give enough to make me feel less guilty. But, you know, just enough. I'll, find, I'll think of an amount that's, yes, I've given to that. But actually, it's not really generous, but it, it, it kind of ticks the box in my head. Yeah? When the light is dim, when Jesus isn't shining through in my life, I count the cost. I look at all, all that I've given over the years to the local church stuff, and I start adding up, thinking, man, that's quite a lot. What could I have done with that? You start counting the cost more when you're being obedient to what God's called you. But when the light is shining bright, when Jesus, the truth of who Jesus is, the gospel is shining in my heart, I'm looking for opportunities to be generous. There's a difference, isn't there? I'm looking for opportunities, and I want to go above and beyond maybe what I can even afford. Because I think, actually, I want to bless them because God's blessed me so much, I want to bless others. It changes, doesn't it? Evidenced in our heart based on how much this is shining through in us. And the other area I'd say is obvious is in our, how we're compassionate towards the poor and the disadvantaged and the marginalized. That when the light is dim, I become quite selfish and judgmental. You turn in and you think, well, yeah, but you probably could have done a bit more to help yourself. Or you look and think, well, that's an excuse. You know, there's this, that bags kind of thoughts go through our hearts and our mind, don't they? When you think about people worse off than ourselves. And then you start thinking about your own situation and think, yeah, but I'm not as well off as so-and-so. Do you know when you compare yourself and you always come off, you know, hard, more hard done by than someone else, don't we? That's when the light isn't shining hard in our lives. But when it's bright, suddenly I put myself, I find myself putting myself in their shoes all the time. I think, man alive, you've had a tough time. Do you know what I mean? If I was in your situation, I'm sure I'd be in the same thing. And we suddenly find a love and a care. Suddenly I, I've gone from being selfish to thinking, I want to help you. I want to do whatever we can to help your situation. That's so rough. I want to listen. I want to care for you. Why? Because I've become a good person? No. But because the truth of who Jesus is is shining bright in my heart. And it changes how I think and I feel. And there's loads of other ways there's evidence. But if you want to think, well, how do I know whether the light of the truth of the gospel is shining in my heart at the moment. Is it dim? Is it bright? Maybe have a look at some of those gauges and think, how am I thinking about others towards God, towards the poor, generosity? Maybe that gives you a bit of a way of indicating where your heart is at the moment. I think it's important to say, though, right at this point, that the degree that the gospel is shining in our lives and and, and enlightening our hearts it's not based on like a certain personality type, okay? It's not like, well, you know, it's not evident in people that are really the life and soul of the party. Oh, the gospel must be. No, it's not at all. It's irrelevant about personality type. And it's not about having life altogether. So it's not about, oh, well, if I get my life together, that would be an evidence that the gospel is there or being fit and healthy. No, to be honest, some of the people who I would know and you would know in our church family and beyond who actually, I would say, shine brightest with the gospel 
are in the most have the hugest barriers in their life to actually you look at them and they haven't got life altogether they might have terrible health situations or mental health situations or actually they might real battle but that doesn't mean the gospel doesn't shine bright through them that makes sense if someone can be battling with massive anxiety and depression yet the gospel can be shining bright through their life okay this isn't about us all becoming happy clappies okay because that can just be an external thing this is about the light shining in our hearts in all ways and I think the reason this is so important is because this is where Jesus wants to see. I, I think this is really important for us as, 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 as Christians, that even coming out of all the times we've been in it recently, it's like, how do we really effectively bring the light of the gospel to the world? Well, it's about the gospel shining brighter in our own lives, first and foremost, isn't it? We can easily look at how do we do this? How can we act like this? How can we be more strategic and do this? But no, actually, it's about allowing this light to shine brighter in our life. Tim Keller, who's, the, who's a, an author and a, a church pastor and a theologian, um, he writes a bit about the fact that the church, the church generally, needs to experience what he calls gospel renewal. Because there's a danger that as Christians, we think this is just that one-off moment when we become a Christian. But we don't realize that actually we've got to be all the time saying, God, would you shine that light brighter and brighter in my life? That actually we need to be constantly saying, Lord, would you bring it to a greater measure? We say actually that it's gone quite dim in the church's life. The light of the gospel is dim. He says this, it's quite a long quote, but I think it's so helpful for us when he's saying, actually, God, would you renew the gospel afresh in our hearts? That's what he's saying. Would you bring that light, shine it brighter in our hearts? So he's talking about how the church needs to experience a renewal of the gospel. This isn't just for non-Christians to hear. This is for the church to be renewed afresh with the truth of the gospel. He says this, often the first visible sign of renewal, of gospel renewal, is when nominal church members become converted. So people that have been in church for hundreds of years, and actually, they suddenly realize, wow, I'm not a Christian. I've just been coming along and doing the Christian thing, but I suddenly realize, wow, I need to repent and give my heart to Jesus. He puts, turns that light on for the first time. He says, these early adopters of renewal stir up other church members into renewal. Soon, sleepy Christians... I don't know any of those, also begin to receive a new assurance and, and appreciation for grace. Those of us who at times we just live with that dim kind of thing, we suddenly realize, wow, I get it afresh. I get this renewal of the gospel in my heart. They wake up to the reasons they've been living in anxiety, envy, anger, and boredom. And they gain a sense of God's reality in the heart as well as higher immediate assurances of his love. Of course, the church also begins to see non-Christians Outsiders converted as people are attracted to the newly beautified church and its authentic worship, its service in the community, and the surprising absence of condemning tribal attitudes. When the gospel comes home, when the light is switching on and enlightening to a greater measure within the church, when the gospel comes home, when believers no longer have to maintain their image as competent and righteous, it naturally breaks down barriers that impede relationships and leads to more authentic experiences of community with others. Pretense and evasion become unnecessary. The gospel creates a humility that makes believers empathetic and patient with others. All this enables relationships within the church to thicken and deepen. Gospel-shaped believers who belong to churches that are experiencing gospel renewal often have a deep, vital, and healthy impact on the arts, business, government, media, and education, and all aspects of society wouldn't you long for that 
you know what I mean? Well, wouldn't you long for that? We all long for, for that kind of thing, don't we? We long for to be part of a community of believers where the relationships are deep and thick, not, not superficial, but actually we go deep with each other. We long to have massive assurances of the love of God. We long to be uh, sort of serving the community and, and seeing culture change around us. Well, he says, and I think he's, what Jesus says, is it starts with us and our hearts and the amount of gospel light that we allow Jesus to shine in us. It's as simple as that. He brought the light, but it's not a one-off thing. It's how, we, how bright is that light shining in our hearts. When I read that stuff, I think, yes, 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 we want all of that. So often we jump to, so what do we need to do to make it happen? But what he's saying, what Jesus is saying is it starts here. It starts in my heart and it starts in your heart. Now the religious response in all of us, well, it is in me anyway, is I must try harder. I really must try harder now. I've got to try a lot harder at being a Christian. I must be a better Christian. Talk about Jesus more. Behave better. I've just got, that's, what, that's my takeaway from today is I need to try harder. I'm rubbish as a Christian. I need to try harder. Now, I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up, but I bet loads of you have thought that, oh, yeah, I need to, oh, I need to, oh, I must, I'm going to pray this week every day. Yeah, I'm going to get my Bible out. I mean, I started doing a Bible in a year in January, and I've got to Genesis 1, um, and it's March, so I'm going to start again, and I'm going to do three times the amount for the next two months to catch up. No, 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 no. That's a religious response in us that says we've got to try harder and try harder. Do you know the right response is actually to plead with Jesus, help me. That's actually the first response that we should be having. It's not, I must try harder. Yes, habits are good and they help that. But the first response is, Jesus, help me. Would you let your gospel shine brighter in me? Would you bring that light? Not When it's dim, I know when it's dim. And it's been dim a lot, okay, over, over times. And it can be brighter. But my response should be, Jesus, help me. Let your gospel shine brighter in me. Root out of the stuff in me that's dimming that light where I'm giving myself to things or focusing things that aren't of you, that are shutting out that light. You see, when we say, I must try harder, it puts the focus on me to become a better Christian. When I say, Jesus, help me, it puts the focus on him, saying, look, I can't do this. I've proven I can't do it, but I know you can by your spirit. It changes me from the inside, no longer about learned behavior and being a good Christian, but actually about genuine heart change. As we just kind of come to, to an end, just imagine for a moment the fruit in all of our lives if the light of the gospel of Jesus shone brighter. It's not a fixed thing. It goes up and down all the time, day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. It's not fixed. We all know that, don't we? But what if we, as a community of believers here in Lowestoft, if we gave ourselves just to praying, God, help me. I want my light to shine, your gospel to shine brighter in me. Imagine the impact that would have in our own lives. Imagine the change in um, our relationships. Imagine the change in our place, because actually we're all becoming more like Christ. And that's his plan for reaching the world. Think for a moment how the relationships in our lives will blossom, in our families, church, workplace, school, neighborhood, communities, wherever you are. Imagine where it starts here. It starts with the heart. It's not just, are you a Christian or are you not? It's about how bright is that gospel shining. Let's, let's not just put the gospel back for people that don't know Jesus. The gospel should be changing us every day. It should be coming to it and renewing our hearts every day. And if you're not a Christian here this morning and you actually realize the light hasn't come on for you, then the amazing thing that what the Bible tells us is that you can, that light can turn on today. You just need to throw yourself at Jesus. 
We'd love to pray with you and help you in that. But you just need to come to a realization that you can't do it on your own, that you can't save yourself, and you need a savior. And that savior is Jesus. And through him, you can find forgiveness for your sin before God. You can put things right with God, and you can be, have that light shine on in you. That light can turn on today, and you can be set on a path for eternity with God. What an amazing, amazing truth that is. And we'd love to pray with you, chat with you, help you in that journey, wherever you are at this moment. But for all of us, I think that prayer today should be enlighten our hearts afresh, Jesus. That's my prayer, to be honest. That's my prayer. Enlighten my heart afresh, Jesus. Turn the volume up on the brightness. Make it brighter. I want to be changed. I want, there's lots of dark areas in my life that need the light shining of the gospel to change it and become more like him. We're going to respond and, and take communion now together. And the, the guys will come back up and um, lead us in some, uh, a song. Communion is uh, a moment where it's not just a, an add-on. It's a great moment for us to biblically, as you as said, whenever we gather together, we should be taking the bread and the wine. It reminds us of the Jesus' body and his blood that I, actually he gave for us on the cross. And all of this is only possible because he did that. Yeah? All this is only possible because of the cross. Because actually he substituted himself for us, which gives us a pathway back to God. And so when we take communion, it's it's a really profound moment, really, where we're saying thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross and the resurrection. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for what Jesus did on the cross. And this isn't just that, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. This is part of this gospel renewal. It is us constantly coming back to the death and the resurrection of Jesus and saying if it wasn't for what you've done, we wouldn't be here. Thank you, Jesus. Now bring your life, your resurrection life more and more into my life. If you're not a Christian here this morning, then this isn't for you. This is a believer's thing. Don't feel awkward uh, about that. That's fine. But again, we would love to pray with you and talk to you about how you can join in the family of God through having the, being born again and coming to life. There's also in, in communion, it's a moment for us to kind of sometimes reflect. And it might be that there's things in your heart that you think, even as we've been speaking this morning, that God might have brought you and think, actually, we're tolerating things in our life that dim the light. And it might be a moment of just repentance where you say, okay, God, I'm sorry about that. Forgive me for that. I want to move on. I want your light to shine brighter. Take that as a moment to do that. Let's just pray. And then the guys are going to lead us in. I'll, I'll take my friend off the stage. Thanks for your input, friend. Let's just pray as we take communion and we worship together. And you can respond to God in whatever way you feel he's prompted you to this morning. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that it all makes sense to you. We thank you for the truth of the gospel. We thank you that you brought good news, Jesus. You've brought good news of forgiveness for us. You've brought good news of life again and eternal life with you. We thank you that you've sent the Holy Spirit to live in our hearts and to bring this light of the gospel to our hearts. Lord, our cry this morning is, would you enlighten our hearts afresh? Lord, we know that that light can never bright. Um, burn as bright as it could. There's always scope for it to burn brighter in our lives, to change us more, to, to, to cast light into dark areas of our hearts, things that we've held back from you, things that need change, or things where we just want to find freedom in, and areas, Lord, where we just want you to shine out of us more and more naturally. Lord, we thank you that this isn't something we can do. We can be compliant with you, Lord, and we can be surrendered to you, and we can be malleable, but, Lord, we need you to do the supernatural bit. So, Lord, even as we 
take communion now and just finish our time together worshiping you lord this isn't this is a moment where we just want to say lord we give ourselves afresh to you lord we want to be renewed by the gospel we don't want that just to be a one-off thing we want it to be day by day week by week lord in the life of this church lord and, and in our community we want to bring your light we can't manufacture that lord we need you to do it but we want to be willing and allow you to do that would you shine brighter in our hearts lord amen let's take the bread and wine together and then the guys are just going to lead us in the worship song